We're going to talk about the high holy days, the fall holy days, right. and how they how they relate to Yeshua and the end times. The end times. Everybody cares about the end times. The end like. of times. The end of all. Not just like when the sun sand dial runs out. That's something else. Um, and we're also going to have a game. A what is it? A Bible trivia. Sam versus Doctor Tom. No, it's a High Holy Day yeah, trivia. Yeah. High Holy Day. We'll see trivia. How good our biblical knowledge is. We we have some new mugs. We do have new mugs. I just picked it up and remembered. In fact, well, first we just need to give a shout out to all the tiny mugs and unique mugs that we've been sent, and a special shout out to. <coughs> That's right. Our very own Andrew and Sarah Gudgeon from they're, Maryland. They're not our very own, but you know. Well, I mean, I mean, they're someone's very own. <laughs> they're our friends. Our friends. And they did these custom. It's hard. I don't know if you can, can you focus it? in. It looks a little blurry, but there here, here, are Matt, focus in on that. Give me some foci. There you go. There we go. There are unicorns on our mugs. <laughs> Now, for those of you tuning in who have not seen our unicorn special, uh, <laughs> you you need to go see that first of all. Yeah, it's a really important video. But uh, it's we're trying to take back the unicorn. We are because in ancient Christian history, the unicorn was all about at least the horn itself was a symbol of salvation. Indeed. And the King James version, true story. Psalm 92.10 in the KJV on my, and, on my mug and unicorn. And unicorn. Unicorns are in the Bible. And you'll note that I have a normal-sized mug and Tom has a yeah. abnormal-sized mug. <laughs> <laughs> it is abnormal-sized. That's funny. So, oh, love you, Gudgeons. Yes, thank you so much. Um, should we do this thing? I think we should. I think we're ready. I think we should. All right. Uh, oh, throughout this, this, whole, this whole deal... Uh, we want your questions. What questions do you have about the High Holy Days, about the Fall Holy Days? Um, so we are going to be taking questions. Your end time questions. End times. Hi from Jamaica. Heck yeah. Uh, throughout the whole live stream, post a question and it, it may or may not get put on the screen. And we will answer the ones that are posted. Yes. As best we can. Yes. We will at least we'll make something up. Is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> no, we won't do that. We will try to hopefully address your questions. What, so, what do you have there in front of you, Tom? Let's. Should we get started? Oh wait, we are starting. And Welcome here we to Grafted. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, should have taken a nap today. <laughs> Here, if you don't know, we printed and we have available for you these High Holy Day flyers. And if you see the link in the description below, you can uh, sign up and you can actually get this uh, in a PDF version. And you also could have access to all the grafted resources if you will put your email in there. We'll send you the link. Uh, so I would say now's a good time to do that because we have given a good summary of all the different holy days, uh, put scriptures in there, tried to give an overview of the different holidays, and I think you will find it uh, actually very helpful uh, for trying to understand what in the world the 
fall holidays have to do with the end times. And so, it's it's a very attractive pamphlet. It is. It's very nice. If I do say so myself. I didn't design it, but it is a it very... Looks, it looks nice. So click on that link in the description below. Get, get your very own. And our first end times question is this. What does PDF stand for? Wow. That is... We do live in the last of the last day, so that is an end time question. <laughs> That's not a question they asked in the first century. I actually don't know the answer to that, that question. That is... Wow, would you... Somebody in the link in the description or... No, in the, sorry. In the comments. In the link in the comments below? Somebody. There is, de there is debate, debate in the room right now, so we need somebody in the comments. Put it in there. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. A, a prize, a hearty high five for the first person to get it. Hearty high five. Sorry, Matt. Matt has headphones in. Let's just give a shout out to Matt. Thanks, Matt. Uh, in your ears. All right, Sam. First question. Let's go. Is my question. Okay. Fine. Okay. And what is the connection between the biblical fall holy days and the end times? It's just a generic question. Generic question. What is it? So this is this is our conversation tonight. This is this is where this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where the coffee gets the beans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. Here's the deal. The fall holy days are all about the return of Yeshua. Right. If that's news to you, don't feel bad. Feel excited because this is a big deal. We it like to talk about deal. we like to talk about all like the, the, the calendar cycle. Right. You know, we have the the the, the feasts in the spring. And then there's these fall feasts. And the feasts in the spring are related to his first coming. And the fall feasts are related to his second coming. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's a it's high time to celebrate, to prophesy, to yep. be excited about the, the return of Yeshua because newsflash, he's coming back. That's good. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting because all of the holy days have to do with Yeshua. So that's why it's important that we're taking the time to look into the holy days because it helps us understand more, uh, really, who Yeshua is. Yeah. Right. So yeah. there's an awesome framework. The framework I love of all the holy days. Yeah. Is that you could see uh, with, about Yeshua himself that he was, that he is, and he is to come. So each holy day actually has this past, present, and future. Uh, perspective, meaning there's so much depth to each one of these days uh, that, well, we actually won't have time to go into right, all of right. them, but that's kind of the exciting part is that they're all about Yeshua. Yeah. Right? So why don't we just list them out real quick for, for it? Maybe we got somebody that is like, what in the world are you talking about? So the first one we'll be talking about, well, the first one we can talk about is Rosh Hashanah or Yom Teruah. And then there's... Wait, what's... We have to pause there. Yeah, we do. Yeah. God bless you. Thank you. Rosh Hashanah. Uh-huh. Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah. Depends where you're from. Yeah. Rosh Hashanah. I'm from, from KC. Rosh Hashanah and Yom Teruah. That's actually one... You're right. Holy that day. Can be, that could be confusing. <laughs> that's four. <laughs> and so let's just break that down real yeah. fast. So Yom Teruah means the day of blasting. Mm -hmm. And it's referring to trumpet blasts and shofar blasts. Uh, the sound, if you will, of the shofar. So that's number one. Yeah, yeah. And again, right here, boom. It's right there, boom. first page. Number two is Yom Kippur. 
Uh, probably heard of that one. That's a famous. Pro- that, one. That's probably the one that I would I would I would guess most Christians have heard the most about. Yeah. Um, Yom Kippur slash Day of Atonement. So, um, and then there's Sukkot or the Feast of Tabernacles. It's, it's a famous one. Or booths. Or tents. I like booths. Or huts. Huts. That's another one. Yeah. Yeah. Tents, booths, huts, tabernacles, Sukkot. I think that might be it. Maybe there's another one. Temporary dwellings. There you go. <clears throat> uh, and then we we like to celebrate also the eighth day or Shemini at Seret. Wow. Eighth it right? day. That, exactly. Yeah. Okay, good. That's the hidden holy day, if you will. It's hidden. Hidden holy day. Hidden holy we actually did a special video on the eighth day somewhere on our channel. <laughs> somewhere out there in the link. No, I don't no, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but All right, like, Sam, let's jump in. Like we said, as we jump in, ask your questions, and as we get rolling, they're just going to post the questions on the screen, and we'll do our best to get to them. So, yeah, let's go. So here we go. Sam, question. Okay. Well, we got oh, one already. Oh. Okay, Stephanie Jane, how can Gentiles help celebrate the high holy days? Was never really taught the traditional holy days. That is a fantastic question, Stephanie. Well, here, let's start here because, okay. you know, this is, no, most, this is important. Yeah, most importantly... <laughs> For Gentile Christians, is I would say less about celebrating the feasts. It's more about understanding the feasts. Yeah. Meaning, okay, what are they all about? What are they pointing to? And since they are all about Yeshua, yeah. this is a way you can go deeper in your understanding of who Yeshua is, yes. what he's done, what he is doing, and what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. So at first, I would just say that's the most important part is starting to look into the biblical text itself. Yeah. And say, okay, what is this saying about Yeshua? So you're right. saying there's a difference for a Gentile Christian between experiencing and understanding. Well, I'm saying that Gentile Christians aren't uh, <clears throat> commanded to celebrate all the feasts or right. something like that. But I would say that it's important for Gentile Christians to learn about totally. what they're talking about. Totally. So uh, well, I, I guess we should start out with... Can I, can I start out with a warning? Let's do it. All right. Why let's, not? Let's start out with a warning. We've already started. Let's just keep, let's just roll. Let's start with. <laughs> <laughs> Continue so, with the warning. Tom. Here's here's my warning to, you know, to our Gentile Christian audience. I'll say it this way, okay? Yeah. So the spring feasts we're familiar with, yeah. right? You've got Passover, which is celebrated, you know, on Good Friday in church tradition, the crucifixion, of course, then you have resurrection, and then you have Pentecost uh, 50 days later, yeah. right? Right. So we, we're familiar with these in church history, right? But obviously that they were given to Israel mm-hmm. as a part of this commandment to Israel to be a sign people mm-hmm. to show the world who God really is. Right. So that's a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. This is a part of the, the covenant at Mount Sinai, the covenant with Moses. And God is calling Israel to show the world who he really is. Yeah. So the problem is, there's a big problem, mm-hmm. is that the church actually celebrates these days. But in church history, they quickly forgot about the Jewish people. Right. They quickly replaced, you could say, the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And so the church is celebrating these days right. in the spring mm-hmm. that are all about the first coming of Yeshua. Right. And yet 
they quickly forgot about the importance of Israel and the Jewish people. So there's a there's this celebration, observance of like uh, even even understanding about these feast days, right. but it's disconnected from the Jewish people. It is, which is historic. Historically, it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Two two thousand years or, or really less, but a long time. <laughs> yeah. You know. So I guess that's my like. <clears throat> Set up to say, okay, yeah. what's amazing is that more and more Christians true. are beginning to become aware yeah. of the fall holy days. Right. Which is awesome. It's really It's good. really awesome. Yeah. Why? Because it's all about Yeshua. Exactly. Because they're all about the return yeah. of Yeshua. But here's my concern, Sam. Okay. My concern is that the more and more Gentile Christians begin to realize the importance of Yeshua, of the fall feasts. Yeah. That they're going to do something, and what am I concerned they might do? They're going to forget about the Jewish people, or they're going to they're going to appropriate things that aren't theirs. Yeah, that they're going to replace them. They're going to replace them. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's this is part of this this kind of well, we used to say elephant in the room, but we've been saying <laughs> rhinoceros. Ra- rhinoceros in the room. Yeah. Elephants so, are nice. <clears throat> Rhinoceros yeah. are, are, are scary. Unicorn in the room? Uh, there's a unicorn in the room. Whoa. There are two. There are many unicorns in the room. <laughs> there are many and unicorns. <laughs> so there's this elephant in the room, which is... can't. And there's this really even this question. This is a great way to say it. There's this question before the family of Messiah. Whoa. Before the Gentile church. Is can we... Mm-hmm. Like understand the importance of the fall holy days yeah. the importance of of jesus in the holy days and not replace the jewish people it's like a test right, right. like these holy days in the fall have been hidden for wow. thousands of years mm-hmm. now they're becoming they're being yeah. revealed to the church right and it's this test like right. are we gonna make the same mistake that we did in the spring Whew. and replace the jewish people as we become aware of the importance of them Woo. Wow, that, and I, I guess I'll just challenge our our followers: is can we enter into this? Right. Because yes, they're all about Yeshua, which is first commandment, right? Yes. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Yeah. And here's my challenge for us: can we also add the second commandment? Wow. Can we love our neighbors as ourselves? Can we love the Jewish people? Right. And not steal their identity. Yeah. Can we come alongside of them in unity mm-hmm. unto the return right. of King Jesus? Because because when it all boils down, like Yeshua and the feasts and it's and this whole story, it's all about love. Like it all boils down to the the love of the Father, the the, the desire that He has for a family, and it and the framework. That even these these feast days are about it's it's first and second commandment love isn't it like it's all about loving and, and mm-hmm. even as we learn about it, it 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 helps us to love him more right but like you're saying the challenge is yes we can we can have this first commandment relationship right. and learn more about the Lord and fall in love yeah. more and more with the Lord but Yeshua's even like hey listen. All of the law and the prophets can be summed up in this way. It's like you you have to love your neighbor as yourself. Like right. treat others the way he, you want to be treated. Yeah. It's all about this. And so so separate you can't separate first and second commandment. And I think what we're yeah. just trying to what we're just trying to point out is that 
in your exploration of the fall holy days, it has to be through this this lens and this motivation of love. To love the Lord more, yes, and and also to love your neighbor more. Right. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about it, and you know, when you look at Jewish history, Mm -hmm. and you see rabbinic Judaism has been celebrating these holy days for a long time, Mm -hmm. 2,000 years or so. Yeah. And... But because of church history, rabbinic Judaism kind of isolated itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And understandably so, because the Gentile Christian church was persecuting them, you know, killing them, you know, the pogroms, crusades, Holocaust, Inquisition. And they're like, hey, stay away from me. Right. You know, still keeping this life cycle, this, this calendar of God, if mm-hmm. you will. Right. Right. And, but, the problem with that is that they're not thinking of how can we help be a light to the nations? Right. How can we make a, a place at the table for Gentile Christians? Which is the call of Israel, right? Right. Their call is to be a light to the nations, exactly. right? Yeah. But then we were like persecuting them mm-hmm. and killing them. So they're like, well, I, you know. <laughs> yeah. So they're saying there's... They're not making a, a place at the table for Gentiles in that sense. Right. And then at the same time, the church is over here. Yeah. And for 2,000 years, the church is like, hey, to join us, you've got to be a Gentile Christian. Yeah. Jews have to become Gentiles. Right. So there's no place really for the Jews. You, you have to become a Gentile Christian. Mm-hmm. So there's no place at the table. Right. So both of them are like saying, hey, we're just, we just love God. It's just like this right. first commandment thing. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying is there needs to be this second commandment mm-hmm. reality right. where we all come together in love, right? right? But in Messiah Yeshua. Yeah. Uh, and because they're all about him. Yeah, for sure. I, I, we got a question? One, let's go. Bernie says, didn't Yeshua, didn't Jesus fulfill the feasts? It's a good question. It depends on what you mean by the word fulfill. Right. Right? And there's Define a, the word, right? Yeah, there's a lot of different definitions of what people mean by fulfill. So right. some people, when they say fulfill, they mean done away with. Cease, right? You yeah. know, others mean uh, fill it full, <clears throat> making, meaning bring uh, greater clarity and interpretation and understanding of what it means. Mm -hmm. So it kind of depends on uh, what you mean. So I would say part of this fullness reality of the (coughs) feast in Yeshua is this, is that there is this past, present, and future fullness of all the feast days, meaning Yeshua who was, who is, and is to come. So yes, in some sense, that there are, there's fullness that's already happened, yep. and yet they actually all have a future yeah. fullness, and, and we're waiting for this final uh, fulfillment, if you will, of the feast. So I guess it's a yes and a no, depending on what right. you're talking about. Right. But the fall feast in particular uh, is what we're allegedly focusing on today. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> definitely, it, they're they're even clearer. Although the spring feasts also still have a future fulfillment mm. yet to see. Right. Uh, right. Should we jump into the first one to kind of see this, or what do you think? I want to I want to go back to one thing yeah. real quick, and then we, let's and then let's jump in because I, I do want to jump into some of the some of the specifics of each feast day. 
um, because I think it's fun and important. But I was thinking while you were while you were talking earlier before the question was asked, I was thinking about Yeshua's prayer, this this like kind of like long thing he's gotten in, uh, in John, right? So in, it starts around thirteen, I think thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. And it's like prayer and 16, he's, 17. Yeah, yeah, and he's, he's teaching yeah. and um, but but he's I would I would say that what he's teaching is is like end time stuff, right? It's like this is how to live in the end times, um, how to live in the last days, if you will. And so like I, I think that's how the, the 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 writers of the New Testament thought about it. like we're mm-hmm. we're in the last days, right? And so he is praying and teaching and interceding that we would be one as he and the father are one Mm -hmm. now when he's teaching those things he's teaching those things to his jewish followers but then he gets to a section where he's like and now i want to pray for those who will come to know me through their message Mm -hmm. so my mind goes to okay from the apostles, these Jewish apostles, and it gets preached to the nations, yeah. right? And so he's praying, I pray that they would all be one right, right. as I and the Father are one. That's and good. so what we're what we're trying to like frame here is that these feast days should not be divisive. Mm-hmm. These aren't things that we should be divided over. These right. are things that we should be serving one another in and through. And so our, our experience, our learning, it's, it's unto unity. It's mm-hmm. unto love. It's unto the fulfillment of Yeshua's unanswered prayer. Right. That's good. Right? Because it's still happening. It's, good. it's still in, in need of fulfillment. Right. That's good. <laughs> and so I, I just I kind of I felt like <clears throat> yeah. I wanted to say that about that's Yeshua's heart. Yeah. And Yeshua is the one that it's all about. That's and so good. we want to be all about what he's all about. Right. So got another question. Wait, let me jump in on that first okay, because okay. that, that John... You leave it, leave it there. Don't put it off. That John 17 passage also says mm-hmm. Yeshua is talking about the, the these and those, the Jews and Gentiles, yeah. this oneness that's necessary. He says, why is it necessary? So the world will know yes. and believe that the Father sent the Son and that he loves, loves them. them. Yes. Meaning that this oneness of yeah. Jew and Gentile is what actually brings this end time revival. Totally. It's actually what brings the salvation of the world. So meaning if we're going to talk about eschatology in the end times and Mm -hmm. we want to hasten his return, that this, it must, it's this oneness is a requirement or to say it differently, if you are going to celebrate the fall holy days, it needs to be a catalyst for the unity of the family. Come on. How you celebrate needs to be a catalyst for the unity of the family. It's not just an exercise in knowledge. It's not just, well, now I have more interesting facts that tell me about the order of the eschatology of the end. And then there's this trumpet and then this and this. And people get so caught up in all of that. I'm not saying it's not endlessly fascinating. It definitely is. (laughs) It is, but that's part of the problem is that knowledge puffs up and it it leads you down this rabbit hole. And we forget the importance of the second commandment along the way right so we can't step on our brothers in the name of knowledge and truth because what is the ultimate fulfillment of the second commandment to love your neighbor is Mm -hmm. the unity of the family of messiah so let's not just focus on first commandment although that's prime it's all about yeshua number one but also we want to add the second commandment loving our neighbors because when yeshua was asked what's the greatest commandment he lists two he does. 
Wait, wait. I thought he, I thought they asked him what the greatest commandment was. What's the most important? Right. Love. It says he says Shema Israel, hear O Israel, the Lord yeah. our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Right. And that is the Torah and the prophets. It says all the Torah and the prophets yeah. hang on these two commandments. Yeah. I think what you said, the catalyst. Say that catalyst phrase one more time, and then we'll get yeah, to the Yeah, if we're going to <clears throat> celebrate yeah. the fall holy days, Jew and Gentile, the goal is for it to be a catalyst for the unity of the family of Messiah. Bingo. Why? Because if they're all about the end times, mm -hmm. then that's this necessary, this is the unanswered prayer of Jesus in John 17, mm -hmm. that we would be one just as he and the Father are one, yeah. so the world would know and believe. We're preaching. Let's ask some questions. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Patricia says, so what does it mean when the, they speak of being all one in Galatians uh, 328. Yeah, so so if if I remember 28, you can look it up, but if it's, um, you know, it says we're no longer Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female, yep. and it says that we are all, what? One, one in Messiah. In Messiah yeah. Right? So some people will use that verse to say, okay, well then <clears throat> we're, there are no longer Jews and Gentiles. Okay, but if we keep reading and use that same rational logic, logic yeah. okay, then we are no longer male and female. Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, hallelujah, my wife, who loves Messiah yeah. and is in Messiah, she's covenant, this is covenantal language here, in Messiah, right? She's still female. Praise the Lord. She has <laughs> she has maintained her gender identity Indeed. in Messiah, right? Yeah. That the two shall become one flesh. This is back to the very, you know, garden itself, right? Yeah. So just like that, you maintain your identity. What that passage is talking about is that is about salvation. Mm -hmm. There's this oneness of salvation, meaning women are not second-class citizens exactly. in the kingdom of God. Women, the, the way that they are saved, if yeah. you will, is not a different way right. because they're slaves. Right. Well, wait, slaves are second-class citizens in antiquity. For sure, right? right? But yeah. guess what? In Messiah, their status is equal yes. to kings. Wow. Right? Women's status equal to men. Yeah. And so that's what he's saying. In Messiah, we're all equal. No yeah. one's better than anybody else. Right. But that doesn't do away with the unique calling of God on your life, that he made you male, female. He right. made you red and yellow and black and white yep. uh, and all the uniqueness. Because what we're, we're uh, an expression of the infinite God. Yep. This beautiful expression of the infinite God. It'd be boring if we're all the same, right? Totally. If we were all just Sam's, that'd be weird. Right. <laughs> Don't let your true. imagination run too wild. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's get into to some specifics. Into some specifics here. Uh, <laughs> Feast of Trumpets. All right, Yom. Sam. Why? Say, I'll ask you. Start off. Why Sam, are you asking me first? Because you're the, you're the doctor. <laughs> Sam, why is there a annual uh, day on God's calendar that? Well, first of all, I just said God's calendar. I have to jump into this because <laughs> you're interrupting yourself. I know. <laughs> so people will say these are God's feasts. There's the Lord's feast, which is true. Correct. Hundred percent true. Uh, but these are also the feasts 
of Israel. There are several passages where he also says that these are Israel's feasts. Mm -hmm. Okay? So sometimes people say, well, these are God's feasts, which is true. Mm -hmm. Yes. But he gives these feasts, these holy days, to Israel, right? Yes. Gentile Christians wouldn't even know what these holy days were if God had not given them to Israel and Mount Sinai. Right. So just side note. That's an important note. Uh, Yeah. I, I think but, even Leviticus 23, like you're getting ready to jump into him. He says, the Lord spoke to Moses and he says, speak to the people of Israel and say to them, these are the appointed times for the, of the feasts of the Lord that you shall proclaim as holy conv- convocations. These are my appointed feasts. But he's saying this to Israel. Yeah. He's giving them to Israel. Right. right. He's saying they're mine, but they're yours. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Well, actually. That wasn't the, that wasn't, that's not an explicit one. You're saying there's even more explicit ones. Well, that's that's talk. Yes, I'm saying there are yeah. specific passages where it says these are this mm-hmm. particular mm-hmm. feast is Israel's feast. So it's this is the language. It's kind of like the land of Israel. It's similar. People will say, well, it's God's land. Well, it actually says both. Sometimes the yes. text says this is right. their land, Israel's mm-hmm. land, and sometimes it says it's God's covenant yep. land. So it, it says both in the text, and you have to reckon with both. Yeah, right. We have to reckon with the text mm-hmm. when it says. Uh, explicit things like that, but get to our main question here, Sam. You you, you were asking a question, I was interrupting and interrupted myself. yourself. Let's go. Why is there an annual day in God's calendar that He gave to Israel mm-hmm. for blasting? Mm-hmm. Like Yom Teruah literally means the day of blasting. Yeah. Why is there a day of blasting on the calendar? And it, actually, it also says it's a memorial of blasting. It also says Zikaron. Uh, teruah. You ready? Yeah. Quick answer. Because the Lord wants Israel to have a blast. Wow. <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> we did say we were going to give you answers, okay? Answers. <laughs> answers. And, and answer. And answer. You know, I, but I'll be honest, this one's, this one's a little like the why behind this one is a bit of a mystery to me. What are, what are we commemorating? You know, what, what is Israel commemorating? That's good. Yeah. That's a good question. So you look back in the text, and, I mean, you have to ask this question of what's the first blasting mm-hmm. in Scripture? The first time they had a blast or? <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. And what do we see? It's, it's not so surprising. It's Mount Sinai. Right. Right. It's this great revelation yep. that God gives to Israel. It's this great uh, covenantal even ceremony and this betrothal at Mount Sinai where they become his Mm -hmm. people. They become a nation and a nation needs law and order. So he gives them law and order, right? Right. So this is, this great shofar is blasted as God comes down on the mountain Mm -hmm. and Moses goes up. Yeah. So there's this remembrance of that, okay? Right. But that's not it, right? Mm -hmm. It's there's more than just that as well, isn't there? So there's there's other days where you blow trumpets, that you blow horns. We'll say it that way. Mm-hmm. Every every new moon or Rosh Chodesh, mm-hmm. there's a blasting. Now they use silver trumpets for that, but mm-hmm. they would you know. And so there's there's that that's happening throughout the year. What how does that correlate with Rosh Hashanah? Well, part of you know uh, <clears throat> the emphasis in for Rosh Hashanah or for Yom Teruah yeah. is and this is actually a big emphasis in rabbinic Jewish tradition, is the king. Mm. It's all about 
our our king. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 I just thought, lost the word. Coronation. Uh, Avinu Malkenu, oh. our father, our <laughs> king. You know, like going there's this huge emphasis on his kingship. Yeah. On this particular day, mm. so there's this understanding that the king is coming. That yeah. the and even in Jewish tradition, that uh, that this shofar blast is actually pointing to the coming of Messiah. Even heyo in Jewish tradition. Well, we're getting so somewhere. this is a part of what we're seeing on this day of blasting. That look when we get to the book of Revelation, Sam. What do we see all throughout? You see a lot of blasting. You see a lot of blasting, right? <laughs> right. It's interesting because it doesn't say it's a day of shofar, but it just says blasting. So it could be a trumpet blast, right. shofar blast. Like it's just this this sound, this reverberation mm-hmm. every year. Right. And it's in the fall here, so this is actually this proclamation of the coming king, and we mm-hmm. see in scripture. That one of the one of the reasons for blasting the shofar is guess what? Coronation of the king. Coronation of the king. Yeah. In fact, it's used several times, but the probably the most famous one is is King Solomon. Right. And there's they blast the shofar, mm-hmm. and then they yell, guess what? Mm. Long live the king. Ooh. In the scripture, that's what it says. Long live the king, Solomon. Ariella, that's right. The king. That's right. So this kingship reality yeah. is everything. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah. And actually we see this in the New Covenant scriptures as well because in Matthew 23, mm-hmm. Yeshua, he's he's looking over Jerusalem and he says, Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to gather you. Or you stone the prophets, how I long to gather you like a hen gathers its chicks. Uh, but, you know. You were not willing. You were not willing. Yeah. And... He's, he's prophesying there the destruction of, mm-hmm. of Jerusalem. Your house will be left desolate. <laughs> and then he says, you will not see me again mm-hmm. until you cry out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Baruch Hashem Adonai. Right. And this Baruch Hashem Adonai is this calling for the king. Mm-hmm. This is, we, we just, if you read earlier in the Gospels, this is the Hoshiana, the Hosanna mm. to the to the God of David. This is this calling for Jesus to be king as he's coming in yeah. from the Mount of Olives into right. Jerusalem. They're, they're saying, be the king, take your kingship, you know, throw off the oppression of Rome. And then it, it didn't quite work out the way they were understanding it, right? There was this there's this long delay mm-hmm. before he's recognized. As the true king, and back to this Matthew 23, right? He's saying, I'm not coming back yeah. until the leadership of Israel, the Jewish leadership, the political, religious leadership says, We want you to be our king. It's good. We so, want to welcome you back as our king. So good. So, one, one, one note, and this is a, a, like a side note about all of the, the, the holidays that I wanted, I wanted to bring up is that all of them should and could elicit intercessory prayers it's within good. us. So good. And so back to second commandment love. Exactly. Yeah, I love it. So you if you you hear those words and you're like Yeshua, you you kind of put your return contingent upon being welcomed. Hmm. Right? And so okay, if that's the case, then I want to pray for and intercede for 
people to be crying out for his return. And I need to be praying for Jewish believers to be in the land of Israel, to be to be leaders and to be beckoning for his return. So this unified cry of Lord, we want you to come back. That's right. Is that's that's our heart, and that's that's one of the things that throughout so Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, the eighth day, it's like right. let's pray for the salvation of Israel. <clears throat> so let's pray for the the believers in the mm-hmm. land of Israel. Let's pray for the salvation of the nations, so that we can welcome the King back. So good, so so good, yeah. And and you know the other big meaning behind the shofar blast mm-hmm. is what. Which one are you going to? Repent. Repentance, yeah. <laughs> which is go. I'm saying it goes in with what your yeah. your intercessory cry totally, here, which totally. is we're praying that the Israel the nations would repent. Yes, right. That yes. to crown him as king, call for him it's a hard as turn, king. Right. Yeah. Right. We're yeah. praying for their their salvation and deliverance, and and you know, speaking of the end times, and because mm-hmm. this is this last days tribulation that everybody like wants to talk about the tribulation. I don't really know why. That's not the fun, exciting part. You know? <laughs> <clears throat> but my answer to the yeah. tribulation is, you know, people are like, what? you know, they like to ask, like, so is that a blood moon? And, and what does that blood moon mean exactly? And mm-hmm. so, okay, there's all these earthquakes this year, and there's yeah. famine over here. It's like, so what's the, what's the meaning? There's this, what's this, I have this, you, this really deep eschatological question. Like, you have the answer. How do we interpret these signs and wonders, Sam? Yeah. In the end, like when we're seeing these, yeah. like what's the, what is our response? What do we do when we're seeing this blood moon in the sky? What should we do? Repent. What? Repent. What do you mean? Get down on our knees and ask the Lord to, to cleanse us from right. sin, turn our hearts to him and yeah. get ready for his return. But that's not a very long book. <laughs> what? That, that book's not going to sell. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> like, but you know what I mean. Like, right? Your your interpretation of the blood moon there. It, it's uh-huh. like, and, and page page three is repent. Page four is repent. Is there I an mean, illustration you know, it's, somewhere? And you know, you can argue maybe I'm oversimplifying, but I don't know. Right. I mean, I don't know that it really is. It's like I, I think that's what the scripture actually just keeps saying. You yeah. Know, repent. All those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's never you know? a bad time to repent. Yeah. Matt, we had a question? All right, Sue. Rosh Hashanah, Feast of Trumpets, Rapture maybe? Is that a, that's a, that's a statement slash question? Uh, oh, I, I think maybe she's asking like, when is the Lord coming back? Like at which, which, which trumpet uh, or which holy she, day? I mean, so again, we talked about how these are these trumpets, and you look in Revelation, there are a lot of trumpets, indeed, a lot of blasting. Yeah. So it's definitely there's some debate whether uh, Yeshua comes back at the trumpet blast on uh, Yom Teruah, Yom uh-huh. Rosh Hashanah, or at Yom Kippur, because there's another, another right. trumpet blast. Uh, on Yom Kippur, which is connected in with the Jubilee. Mm. So there are different uh, perspectives on, you know, whether you think, and is it a literal uh, five days in between there or not? But I have a theory. You want to hear my theory? Sure. My theory is that there's a triumphal procession. And actually, 2 Corinthians mentions it. I mean, it's not directly related mm-hmm. to this, mm-hmm. but that there's a triumphal procession of the king yeah. that includes 
maybe five days of trumpet blasts. Mm. Like maybe just mm. maybe it's just this continuation of Yeshua, uh, Adonai Seva, oh, the Lord, the host of the armies of heaven coming in a white horse with, with the angel armies, with the saints. Yeah. And it's just this procession over right. the entire earth. All eyes shall see, right? Right. Yeah. And that maybe it just goes for days into the Yom Kippur f- final right. shofar uh, blast. I don't know. I guess is my short answer. Well, but. well, let's let's move to Yom Kippur because we've said it a couple times now. Okay. All right. So, what does Yom Kippur have to do with the return of Yeshua? Good question. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yom Kippur obviously means the Day of Atonement, yeah. right? Yeah. So then the question becomes: Okay, we we know there's this end time, and look. I'm going to fast forward just real fast. You're skipping to the end. We know the end of the story, which is important. Sometimes you have to start at the end. It's true. It's helpful. Which we know we're heading towards a wedding. Mm-hmm. Right? So this is a bridegroom king. Yeah. All right? Not right. just a king. It's the bridegroom king, and we're the bride, right? Yep. And this repentance and all this purification, this is about the bride making herself ready. Mm-hmm. But we're trying to get to the wedding. Yeah. Sukkot... Uh, the Feast of Tabernacles is the wedding banquet of the Lamb. Yeah. That's another way to say it. Yeah. So we're all trying to get to the wedding. Which is a, a really, really joyous celebratory party. That's yeah, right. Come on. That's like where it's at. That's where it's at. Exactly. <laughs> That's where it's at. It's all heading toward yeah. the wedding. So, but in between this, this proclamation through the trumpet blast... Mm-hmm. Before the wedding, you know, actually the wedding bells, you could say, are ringing. Uh, hey We have the Day of Atonement. Mm-hmm. So then you're like, okay, well, what is the Day of Atonement? Because clearly atonement's already available yeah. in Yeshua. Right. Right? We, I mean, we have the Passover lamb who was slain. Mm-hmm. We know it's available, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you think about it and you look in the text and you look at what, what happened on the Day of Atonement, the, the great high priest, the high priest, went mm-hmm. into the Holy of Holies. Right. Right. And he would make atonement yep. on behalf of the people. The nation, yeah. And then exactly, on behalf mm-hmm. of the nation. It was this mm-hmm. communal or national atonement, mm-hmm. you know. So what happens is, is this is a global atonement. Mm-hmm. This is this sealing of our atonement. Yeah. Like, so Sam, your sins are atoned for, mm-hmm. but there's a problem. Mm. The problem is, and this is a newsflash, maybe not to your wife, but that you keep sinning. I do. You, Unfortunately. You, <laughs> like, so there's this, this problem of, of right. sin, right? right? And so, yes, the atonement's available. Oh, yeah, yeah. But this seals your atonement, yeah. Sam. Yeah. When, when Yeshua comes mm. back, yeah. For his bride, right? Then the saints are our atonement is sealed, yeah. right? In the blood of the Lamb. Yeah. So this is good news. It's great news. Because right now there's this war, right? Mm-hmm. That we are all in. And this is quote the end of the war. Yep. This is when this is what the great, great and terrible day. day. Yeah. So I was gonna I was gonna bring that up. Lots of people hear about the day of the Lord. And then we hear about the great and terrible day of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So how does the day of atonement, Yom Kippur, relate to this great and terrible day? Yeah, that's what I'm arguing yeah. here. That this is this is this is it. The final 
This is uh, the sealing, the done deal. This is him yeah. coming to the earth. I'll say it that way. Yeah. This is Yeshua coming back, mm -hmm. and this is where there's wrath for the wicked, mm -hmm. and there is blessing for the righteous, meaning your atonement is now sealed. Right. And you, yeah, you're caught up, uh, and he's just setting up his kingdom on the earth. This is great for the saints, yeah. and it's terrible for the wicked. That's why it's the great right. and the terrible. And so and so, you, I know you like to talk about too this day. It's like this day of global social justice. It's when finally justice comes to the earth. Exactly. And it's what, it's <clears throat> what our culture cries right. out for. People want justice. People want right. social justice. People want to, to feel justified. And, and this is the day when the judge comes and yeah. says... Judgment is sealed. Judgment is done. Exactly. This is it. Exactly. So, yeah, the king. It's a, it's a hopeful day, too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is, you know, there's a big emphasis on the cross, understandably so. Yeah. But that he's, you know, that's the lamb, but we need the lion also, right? right. We need this, yep. this king to come. And think of it in this terms, like, the king is coming, mm -hmm. and a king has a throne. So when Yeshua is coming, he's bringing his throne yeah. to the earth. So That's when good. he returns, he brings his throne with him. And what yeah. in Psalms, yeah. it says that the foundation of his throne is what? Right. Righteousness and justice. Righteousness and justice. So good. So Ad, when he comes back and he puts his feet on the Mount of Olives, and he sets up his kingdom in Jerusalem, right? Hallelujah. He's establishing justice and righteousness. Mm -hmm. So that's the global social justice mm -hmm. that happens at Yom Kippur that we're all crying out for, right? Yeah. Because no matter, I like to say, no matter how much we, and we need to give our lives to, social, to true social justice, yeah. right? Good point. Uh, we are only a drop. We, we never see full justice in this age. Right. True right. biblical justice has eternity in mind. Totally. And yet, we want to establish as much, like our whole, you know, during COVID especially, mm -hmm. people say, well, what do we do? You know, it's like all this, like, well, I was like, I've got the answer. The answer is the same as it was before, which is establish justice and righteousness mm -hmm. in the earth. Yeah. Like that's our calling as image bearers. That's right. our calling as the saints is to everywhere we possibly can establish as much as his justice and righteousness, mm -hmm. knowing fully that we don't see all of it in this age. Totally, totally. And so that, good. that requires everything, mm -hmm. right? Because there's, it's gotten crazy. <laughs> it's, gotten, it's gone crazy. But it was already crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's good. So we're going to jump into code here in just a second. But we also want to, I said we had some announcements, which announcements are fun and exciting. Oh, we have, we have something coming around the, the pipe, the corner. Coming down the corner, coming around the pipe. Uh, coming around the bend. Uh, it's called Grafted U. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us a little bit about Grafted U, Tom. Well, last time we did say that we were hoping to launch it this fall. And actually, the fall is upon us. Here we are. First day of fall is Today, right now. Right? Right now. And we, I don't know if we lied. Hopefully not. Uh, atonement. But, <laughs> atonement. Yeah. Atonement. But we are 
going to graciously delay the launch of Grafted U until January. January. So it's so. it's not that it's not happening, but it's going to happen right. in January. Right. So it's essentially it's an online school so that you can go deeper into a biblical messianic worldview. You can uh, understand the scripture from this Jewish-rooted perspective, understanding the importance of Israel and the nations and how we have to come together uh, in this end times unity to hasten the return of Yeshua. So uh, we're going to take you deeper. And a lot of people have been asking, you know, we want more. How can we learn more? Uh, So we think that taking a an online class is a good idea. Yeah. And so if you're interested and you want to sign up, there's links Yeah, in the description below. Mm-hmm. Click on that. Get your email put in there so that we can communicate with you. Um, you can also... You can, oh, yeah. You can also do this. Um, yeah. So in the link in the description below, you can, you can get one of these and you can sign up for the classes. So... Thanks, Chuck Found. Chuck Found. Mm-hmm. There should be more thumbs ups. Thumbs up and, and subscribes. And some is that is that subscribes and, and subscriptions. This means subscribe More now. More subscriptions <laughs> in my world. All right, let's keep moving. We we've got two more Sukkot eighth day. Um, wow, two more to go. We need to do the brief version, huh? We should probably that, do the brief version. We could take some questions too along the way. Yeah. So why don't we why don't we talk briefly about Sukkot and just kind of like run it right into eighth day because they do kind of go together. Well, they definitely do. Um, so what is we we already mentioned a little bit about Sukkot that it's this wedding supper of the Lamb. So what's what's happening um, when we're celebrating Sukkot and we're learning about Sukkot? How does how does this correspond relate to the the second coming of Yeshua yeah well I mean this is joy unspeakable joy to the max. glory you know joy I mean, turned up to 10 this <laughs> 11 <laughs> I think this is kind of like the uh, when you th- when you know when I think of the blessed hope mm-hmm. or you're, you're thinking of the hope of his return it's good uh, you try not to think about the tribulation. You try not to think about all the Jacob's trouble, all the problems, all the 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 cleansing of the world. You know, right. we're trying to get to this great party. You <laughs> yeah. know, I mean, I like to say that that you know, part of our calling uh, as Messianic Gentiles is to party. You know, I mean, we just we celebrate we a party lot. A we, lot. We have a lot yeah. of parties celebrating the King, uh, who he who he was, who he is. And, you know, who we forever will be. We still have confetti in here from our last night. <laughs> That's true. And that wasn't even one of the appointed times. Uh, <laughs> oh! Oh, no! Oh, no. Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. It's not working. Oh, and, oh Amazon, Amazon. <laughs> oh, there it is. I don't, they couldn't even see it. They didn't even see it. There's proof right here. <laughs> So, so Sukkot, this wedding supper of the Lamb, this is like culmination. This is the party. This is Yeshua has has come and brought order and justice and righteousness, and now he we are we are living in his kingdom order and celebrating yeah. in his kingdom order. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeshua is ruling and reigning on the earth in Jerusalem. I think that's a good point to bring up here is that Yeah, that's good. that you know there's been this emphasis of 
uh, rightly so of the cross, but without the return, sometimes people forget that they just think, oh, that our final destiny is just to go to heaven. Out of here and up to there. <laughs> right? But our ultimate goal is actually that what? That he would come back and establish his kingdom on the earth. Right. Like we are made from what? From the earth. Mm -hmm. Like there's this connection to he restores the earth. Yep. This is renewed earth. Mm -hmm. And then we get a renewed body. Hallelujah. There's this awesome connection between the two. Yeah, so the earth gets cool. purified and renewed. Man. And we get a purified and renewed body as well. I don't think I ever put the put the two together. Yeah. That the earth gets renewed and we get renewed. So that we can live in harmony, which was what the original yeah. created yeah. purpose. You go back to the garden. Right. And that was the design that there wouldn't right. be sin and death, right? and, and that's what we're that's what that's what we're doing. We're ruling and reigning with him, right. stewarding the earth, like help you know, like yes. assisting in his rule. However exactly. that looks, you know. Yeah. But like that's I, I, you're, that's so right. Like it's like this re, like doing it right. Yeah. How the garden was supposed to go, or something exactly. like that. You know what I mean? Not and it's so amazing because we have Yeshua Himself ruling and reigning on the earth. Yeah. Uh, and so we have this perfect leadership. Yes. I mean, the problem right, we have a right now we have a really big problem on the earth, and it's it's really bad. There's some bad leadership. Have you noticed that? Mm. And are you on Twitter? Like <laughs> not anymore, really. <laughs> I've noticed on Twitter in particular, uh -huh. there's some bad leadership in our world. Like, <laughs> and the other day I got on the internet, internet, and there was bad leadership on the internet too. True. Like it's it's every it's, you know it's a pandemic. It's a. <gasps> <laughs> It's there a leadership a, pandemic. There is a massive leadership problem. And so, oh, this is a good connection back to the unity of the family. Yeah. And that is that he, like you were saying, he mm -hmm. wants to partner with us to rule and reign yeah. in the age to come. Right. And that he wants that training actually to begin right now. Mm -hmm. So we are gathering a coalition of the righteous. Yeah. And it's this coalition of the righteous. Right. That's going to rule and reign in the age to come. Right. Right. So he's like, look, you I want you to get along now yeah. and show me that you're a good leader now. Right. right. So you can rule and reign with me okay. in the age to come. Quick question. Quick question. Pergunta. What is? Well, I can't believe I'm so glad you asked. It's <laughs> the next topic. So so to get to the eighth day. Yeah. Back to Yeshua ruling and reigning. I like to think of it this way, like, so there's this long period of time, you know, this millennial kingdom, this thousand-year reign. Yeah. So what's taking place in this thousand-year reign? Well, it's this purification yeah. of the heavens and the earth, yeah. right? It's this renewal of the heavens. You heard this new heaven and new earth, but it's this renewal of the, the heavens and the earth because they've mm -hmm. been really polluted, right? Defiled and experientially, yeah. it's like, yeah, I've experienced that, yep. right? Yep. You know? For sure. So there's this purification process of the perfect king, mm -hmm. and then this this is why the eighth day, it's, it's, it's actually really hidden, mm -hmm. you know, within most circles, I would say. But it's really a part of Sukkot, but not. Yeah. It's seven plus one. It's like it's right. the eighth day. So what what's going on in the eighth day, Sam? So the eighth day is this culminating day, right? And we like to talk about it as this as this this day when Yeshua takes this family that 
that has been paid for and purified with his own blood mm. and hands the kingdom over to the Father so the Father gets the family that he's always wanted. Well, I mean, it's huge. It's huge. It's the culmination of, of millennia, really. Right. Because, right. I mean, when, you sh- when, when the Lord started this whole story, right, he's, and even, even with the choosing of Abraham, he's like, I will make you a father of many nations. Mm-hmm. He's longing for this covenantally faithful family. And then this, this when you, what Yeshua has done and paid for culminates when he, and it's, what is it? You're looking it up? First yeah, I'm going to read it because it's so powerful. Just, just, let's just read it because this is yeah. that's where it's at. So this is 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verse 23. It's talking about Yeshua. He's been raised from the dead. Uh, and then it says, Messiah, the first fruits, first fruits from the dead, right? Then at his coming or at his arrival or at his return, mm-hmm. he says, though, uh, those who belong to Messiah, and the, well, now it's not even making sense here. I'll, re- I'll just read it. <laughs> You're getting so excited. I'm going to have to back up. <laughs> well, let's go to verse 20. But now Messiah has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead has also come through a man. For as in Adam all die, so also in Messiah all will be made alive. Mm-hmm. But each in its own order. Messiah the first fruits, then at his coming or his arrival, those who belong to Messiah, and then the end, when he, Yeshua, hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed all rule and all authority and all power. Mm. And so it's at the end of the millennium, if yep. you remember at the book in the end of the book of Revelation, that Satan's let out of the, the abyss and he's destroyed, he's thrown into the lake of fire. Yeah. And so the, the, the he's now completely purified the heavens and the earth. The bride has completely made herself ready. And now he, Yeshua, because when we, he says he hands the kingdom, what does the kingdom mean? Hmm. These are people. People. It's yeah. not just some esoteric right. building or something, right? right? It's the people. So Yeshua hands his family, the family of Messiah, it says, right? The mm-hmm. body of Christ. He hands them right. to his father. So good. <clears throat> and the heaven, this is heaven and earth coming back together again. This is the, the new Jerusalem garden, this new uh, garden city yeah. uh, as we go from garden to yeah. garden in this you right. know, epic story uh, of human history. And that's, that's Revelation 21 or 22. I don't remember which one yeah. it is, but then the New Jerusalem comes down out of heaven from God, right. and then the, the dwelling place of God becomes the dwelling place of man. Or yeah. I don't remember exactly how that was worded, but yeah. it's like yeah. they're together. And it says, I will be your God, and you will be my people, and I will dwell with you forever. Yeah. Done. Question. Sure, yeah. Patricia says, new heaven, new earth, new bodies. I believe the new earth is restoration of Garden of Eden. It does say we will go up and down to, oh, is there more? Uh-oh. Uh, up and down to heaven and earth. No? Yeah. So, yeah, I would say, uh, we don't have tons of text to be completely clear, but heaven and earth are definitely coming there's this overlap. There's this coming back together. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's confusing because there's heaven singular right. and heavens plural. So heavens plural means like 
the sky, the universe, the the galaxies, and then heaven singular is the abode of God. Mm. So there is this reality where there's this abode of God, but then it's unified with distinction with this earthly reality of which we were created for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is good. Uh, well, are we ready for some for some ch- challenging challenging questions? Oh yeah. Oh wow. So, I wait. Do we have? Are we concluding our summary? Is that all? I feel like we need to say something else I mean, about. We, we want to summarize a little bit. Yeah. Wrap like, it up a little. Do we bit? have any other final thoughts here about how these? Um, fall holy days are connected to uh, the end times. The end times. Well, I, I, I do think that I want to go back to where we started and and just reemphasize, you know, if you came on later, if you, if you, if you hadn't jumped on yet, we were talking about how the, the, the foundation and the, 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 the overall, uh, what am I trying to say, the overall overarching theme of what we're talking about today is it's love. Yeah. It's like if we can understand the Lord more through these feasts, right. yes, we can We can understand him and we can learn about him more and we can love him more. Because he says, I want, you, I want you to love you. I want you to love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Right. That means he wants us to love him with everything. Um, but, not but, but in addition to that, all of this learning and understanding, it, it has to be connected to the love of neighbor. And it has to inform our, our love of neighbor. And so right. if, if, our, if our knowledge about the fall feasts, if our understanding about the fall feasts right. leads to any sort of division or uh, separation of even, even Jew-Gentile separation, then, it's, then it, it, it needs to be brought back together and, and right. done in love. Well, so. yeah, part of loving neighbor is helping them become who God created them to be. So... This reality of we call unity with distinction, meaning Jews remain Jews, Gentiles remain Gentiles, but all loving and in Messiah. Like people sometimes struggle with that reality, but that's actually a reflection of the Godhead, right? Mm-hmm. That's the Trinity, right? This is thus unity with distinction is actually in the Trinity itself. So it makes sense that male, female, Jew, Gentile, we actually together, right? right bear the image of God, we actually reflect who he is. So that's part of this maturity of the family of Messiah that we become this purified reflection of our father. We're supposed to be children and Mm -hmm. and we reflect children look like their parents, you know? Yeah. So that's good. Okay. All right. So we're going to do this uh, high holiday trivia challenge. Mm. Sam versus Tom. We're, we're doing it live. Um, but we're going to remove it from the replay of this live stream. But mm. don't worry. Don't worry. We're going to edit it and put it back out as a separate video because our people just have faith that it's going to be really good. But we'll see. 